welcome to Psalm 75. This psalm could be viewed as a corporate thanksgiving psalm used in worship service with a strong prophetic element. Asaf indeed begins by thanking God for his present help and praising God for his presence in the present and anticipates God's continued help in the future too. In verse 1 he says, We give thanks to you, O God, we give thanks, for your wondrous works declare that your name is near. Now can you imagine a multitude of people reciting this verse at the same time in the worship service? What a wonderful serene moment this might have been to gladly give thanks to the Lord. Now of course the people gave thanks for two things. First, for the wondrous works of God in the past. In fact, the word in Hebrew for wonderful deeds is associated with events of the Exodus from Egypt. And of course, these deeds of God was a reminder that God was near them. In other words, the mighty works of God was a constant reminder to them of God's presence and His love and His goodness and His mercy and His wisdom among His people. You see, praise arises out of a grateful heart. Praise arises out of a grateful heart. Grateful to the Lord for His mighty deeds in the past and His infinite goodness too. Have you given thanks to the Lord for His mighty works in the past and His infinite goodness over your life? Remember, stinted gratitude is ingratitude. Stinted gratitude is ingratitude. It is Charles Spurgeon who said, For infinite goodness, there should be measureless thanks given to the Lord. Now, verses 2 to 5 is the prophetic oracle, a divine direct revelation from God. And here, this is what God says. When I choose the proper time, I will judge uprightly. The earth and all its inhabitants are dissolved. I set up its pillars firmly. I said to the boastful, do not deal boastfully. And to the wicked, do not lift up the horn. Do not lift up your horn on high. Do not speak with a stiff neck. Now, a couple of things to note from here and they're very interesting. First, God declares that he will judge and that he will judge uprightly. The Hebrew word used for judge means to judge with fairness. So God will judge with uprightness and God will judge fairly as well. But it also says that God reserves the right to choose the proper time. God reserves the right to choose the proper time to bring about his judgment. Now I think it is here where we often find it very difficult to reconcile our timing with God's. In fact, we delight that God will judge, but oftentimes we are troubled because God does not seem to share our perspective with regard to the time and the place he should judge. Yes, God will judge. He will surely judge uprightly, but he also reserves the right to choose the proper time. From verses 4 to 5, God speaks to the proud. He says, I said to the boastful, do not deal boastfully. And to the wicked, do not lift up the horn. Do not lift up your horn on high. Do not speak with a stiff neck. Now the imagery of the horn and the stiff neckness is taken from the world of agriculture. A stiff necked ox or cattle will often resist from being yoked. Instead of raising its head to receive the yoke, the animal would raise its head and horn to avoid it. And in one sense, lifting one's horn against heaven is equivalent of shaking one's fist in God's face. It kind of talks of arrogance and lack of submission. But Asaf says, instead of being stiff-necked, be humble because God is the one who exalts us. God is the one who exalts us and therefore let us be humble. In verses 6 and 7 he says, For exaltation comes neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south, but God is the judge. He puts down one and exalts another. 
Now, one of the classical examples I could think of of this particular thing is from the very life of David himself. You know, he was in one sense the forgotten son of the family. He took on the trade of rearing sheep and and be often gone for many days into the wilderness. And I kind of find it very interesting that when prophet Samuel reaches Jesse's village, he looks at Eliab, the older boy, and he says to himself, Good Lord, here stands before me the Lord's anointed. And just when he was about to break the jar and anoint him, the Lord said, Do not, do not do so. Do not look at their appearance or their physical stature. Now Samuel, as the story goes, had all the other sons parade before him. In fact, no one qualified till when Samuel asked, Jesse, do you have any other sons? Now, isn't it amazing that Jesse himself did not consider having David as part of the process? And when David was brought in, the Lord said to Samuel, here is the one, anoint him. You see, David by worldly standards would have never qualified. David by his family standards would have never ever make it. For exaltation comes neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. But God is the judge. He puts down one. In this case, he put Saul down and exalted David in his place. Let me also point out another interesting aspect in this word promotion used here. Here the word promotion in in Hebrew is called as harim, meaning self-advancement. That means all of our inward schemes and our outward plans cannot gain us advancement unless it is blessed off by the Lord, unless it advances from the Lord himself. For exaltation comes neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south, but God is the judge. He is the one who puts down one and exalts the other. The psalm closes in with a reminder to be humble because God himself will bring the wicked low and raise the righteous up. Verse 10 says, All the horns of the wicked I will also cut off, but the horns of the righteous shall be exalted. So as the people of Israel read this psalm at their worship service, it reminded them to give thanks to the Lord for all he has done for them in the past. And of course, these deeds of God was a reminder that God was near them. It also reminded them that God will judge and he will judge uprightly, but he also reserves the right to choose the proper time. It reminded them that no one's inward scheme or outward plans cannot gain for them advancement unless it comes from the Lord himself. And lastly, of course, it reminded them that God himself will bring the wicked low and raise the righteous high. Well, what a beautiful reminder for them then. And what a beautiful reminder for each one of us today. Shall we pray? I give you thanks. I give you thanks for your marvelous deeds over my life, O God. I give you thanks for you are nearer to me. I give you thanks in all things. Dear Lord, I pray that you will help me walk with humility, trusting not in my ability, but in your grace and in your mercy all the days of my life. And this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen.